And one of the core practices that you see on the front of your bulletin that we have here is a devotion to Scripture. And so we are devoted to Scripture and Scripture alone because that is what proclaims the glory of Jesus and of God. And as we look at this, I hope all of you are still continuing in the reading plan. I know it was difficult to get through Leviticus, right? Anybody agree with me? Okay, but keep pushing through and keep going. Hopefully you found that it is just a tremendous blessing to be going through the Bible in this way. And so that by the end of the year, we'll have gone through the Bible, all of the Bible, together. And what a blessing that is. So I encourage you to continue with the reading plan. If you haven't started, it's not too late. You can start now. You can join us by picking up the um, Read Scripture app that you can download on your phone. It walks you through it. If you hate reading, it actually will read it for you. And it's a blessing to be able to listen to it that way. But um, also, there's printed reading plans that we can give you as well if you'd prefer to do it that way. But we encourage you to follow us on this reading plan and join us as we know that one of our core practices is that we are devoted to Scripture. And so we come to this day of, of Transfiguration Sunday, which a lot of people don't realize that's what this day is. But it is a special day because it is the day that is set right before Ash Wednesday as we go into Lent. And it's actually talking about Jesus who becomes radiant glory upon a mountain in front of Peter, James, and John. And really what it is is confirming that he truly is the Son of God. He truly is the Son of God. Now, I don't know how many of you watch viral videos. I know I do just because my kids tend to share them with me, right? I mean, Danny and Maya tend to share these viral videos that are online that tend to be popping up everywhere and tend to be showing all kinds of different things that happen. And what's amazing about these viral videos is that once they're shared, sometimes they share with so many people that within minutes, thousands of people have seen these videos. Many of you probably have seen some of them. But it really is amazing at how quick the news of these videos and how they're shared go throughout all of the world. Some of these videos are viewed millions and millions of times by people all throughout the world. And these days, people try to get viral videos to go. They'll actually try to take a video of themselves and, and try to make sure that as many people see it as possible so that it actually goes viral. Now, some of you may be doing that. You may be looking for fame and fortune through a viral video. Your 15 seconds of fame, I would say, right? Some of you may not really do that, but what you do is you forward the email along to somebody else or you forward the video along to someone else and you help someone else's fame grow and actually become viral out there in the world. And, you know, sometimes it can be great information and sometimes it can be very helpful. But a lot of times it cannot be that great. I mean, going viral is something that is helpful and can be fun, but it can also be devastating. Especially if it's a rumor that's going viral. Something that's untrue or even damaging. Lots of harm can be done by a viral video or viral news that goes forth in a short amount of time that does not have truth in it. You know, there's a few examples that you could use, but the one that my daughter and I keep sort of joking about is the one that happened with Mr. Rogers, of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. 
Some of you may have heard this, but this is the craziest rumor that was actually out there. And it was this idea that Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood TV fame, that they said that he was once a Navy SEAL sniper. <laughs> and that actually the sweater he put on covered the marks he made on his arms for every person he had shot. And that was actually out there and gone viral. And so Danny and I always, we joke about it because she brings it up every time there's something that's false about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood being a sniper. We know it's not true. But it was out there like crazy, and actually there were some people that were believing it, even though it wasn't true. And by the way, this happens quite a lot. So in this world that, that teems to be out there on social media and with the internet, there's so many half-truths and rumors that are out there. There's so many spin doctors and PR machines that are out there. How do you discover what the truth really is? I mean, there's one helpful tool that's out there that some people go to. It's called snoops.com. And it actually tries to, tries to highlight whether something is true or not. Hundreds of thousands of people go to this website searching for the truth and trying to understand what is it that is really true and what is it that is not. And today, today as we focus on God's word, we know that the Bible, though, is what contains truth. Amen. We're here not just talking about a day-to-day -day rumor or a legend. We're talking about the truth the truth of the big questions of life, especially the truth of God at work in the world through Jesus Christ, his one and only Son. And with this word from Peter that we're focused on today, he wants us to understand that he is the one who is proclaiming truth, not something that goes viral because it's false or because it's not true, but he is actually here proclaiming truth to us. The words that we read earlier are these words, and I will read it to you because I know it's awfully hard to hear on the screen or read on the screen. But it says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no, one pro no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What great words those are. See, he is talking about for the truth of life, for the truth that is out there, we need to know the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says that anyone who is looking for those things only needs to look to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That that is where we find answers. But already during this time, during this first century, 30 years after Jesus' resurrection, we see that there are rumors, false teachings, 
that are threatening to go viral about Jesus. False teachers were trying to actually proclaim that the message of Jesus was not clear and that he truly wasn't the Savior of the world. At this time, there were people trying to add to the message of Jesus Christ, saying that there were certain things you needed to do, certain secret knowledge you needed to have, certain things you needed to say in order to truly be a believer of Jesus Christ. That people were actually saying things that that they were inventing and saying this is what we need to have in addition to believing in Jesus. And in fact, many people made up stories that discredited Jesus. And actually what they did was they created situations where you were supposed to follow Jesus in certain ways that actually only made them rich. I mean, some things never change, do they? The Christian faith is still sort of subject to plenty of false rumors. Even today, the false rumors are all around us. And even now in the time of our culture, there are probably false rumors about Christianity that is out there. Things such as that Christianity is only a system of following rules, regulations. That it's about the negativity formulated in human beings and it restricts people's lives. Those are not true. That it drains joy from your existence and it only churns out people who are haters of other people. Rumors that make Christians' faith about politics and prejudice and power and profit. And we know that none of that is truth. It's just rumor and falsehood. But David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons surveyed non-Christians, non-church-going 16 to 29-year-olds, and they put their results in this book called Unchristian. You've heard me talk about this before, I believe, in my sermons. And the whole title of Unchristian is this, Unchristian, what a new generation really thinks about Christianity and why it matters. When asked to describe the church, this group responded with words like this, judgmental, hypocritical, boring, insensitive to others, out of touch with reality. The authors reported that these young Christians, 16 to 29-year-olds, were, quote, worried that the message of the church has become one of self-preservation rather than one of world restoration. Think about that for a minute. But see, I think you and I sit here today and we know that that story is ultimately a myth. That is not what the church is about. There are all kinds of reasons why that might be out there, why that might be the thought that is out there. Some even think that it may have been caused by the church, and I think in some instances that's true. But the rumor about Christianity's faith that we just heard, that is false. We know that that is not what the church is about. So if you're a believer here doubting your own faith, If you're a Christian that you're sitting here losing confidence in what you're thinking and the purpose of the Christian church, well, take heart. Because the Apostle Peter here in our text today, he becomes the myth buster. He becomes the one who dispels that myth altogether. He goes on to record that no matter what the cost is to him, no matter what it is, he is going to separate the truth from the fiction That what he says is going to make sure that everyone is clear on what the understanding of Scripture is all about. 
And if you're turned off by the faith, maybe you've been hurt by people in the church. Maybe you just don't have a clear understanding. What he says to you is this, that the personal relationship with Jesus is everything. He clears the air and reports the real story of who Jesus truly is. The truth about faith in Jesus Christ for you and for me. Peter says it plainly this way. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Think about that. I mean, did you hear it? He says it pretty plainly. The message of Christian faith is about a person. He says that the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This Jesus is my beloved son, booming from heaven, with whom I am well pleased. They heard the voice. The message of the Christian faith is about a person. It's about Jesus Christ. And Peter was not promoting a list of religious rules. He wasn't putting forth some ideology at all. He wasn't trying to gain power at all. What he was trying to do was talk about the person that this faith is all about. He saw it with his own eyes, he said. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Peter tells you and I about Jesus as he recounts the events that he and his fellow disciples saw. The things that they witnessed when Jesus was transfigured before their eyes, when he became glory and transformed into the glory of God right there in front of him, displaying the complete glory of God that only the three of them could see. And he said about this, the voice was born to him by his majestic glory. And he heard the voice of God the Father speaking, this is Jesus. He is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And with that, he was an eyewitness. Peter was there, he saw it, he heard it. And that's all that he said. He said, I saw it, I heard it, and he gave record for it so that you and I could understand everything that he saw. He saw the glory, he saw the uniqueness of Christ, and he saw it there on that mountain, but not just on that mountain. Remember what Peter also saw. He saw it on the cross where Jesus went to the cross and he died there for us. Peter saw it in Jesus' majesty as well. He saw it in his healing. He saw it in what Jesus did as he lived his life. He saw all of it because he was an eyewitness to everything about Jesus. And so we see the transfiguration today, yes, the culmination of all that Peter had seen. And here he says, I know this is the Son of God. The majesty of Jesus was not just seen as a list of rules or institutional structure. The majesty of Jesus was seen in the loving and miraculous help that he alone would give to people. Peter saw him healing saw him caring, and saw him loving people. He wasn't merely a miracle worker or a healer or one with authority. He was truly the savior of the world in the flesh. And that's why people believed and followed him as well. Because he helped people. He healed them. And he was a friend to sinners. 
He showed mercy and brought hope. And he did miracles, yes, but he spoke the truth also. And he forgave sins. Jesus was a person unlike any other. And he had declared clearly that he was the one who had come. And he had come to seek and to save the lost. Those are words that I think as a church we forget. That to continue his mission is for us to continue to seek and save the lost throughout this community and this world. Not just for us to be comfortable in this place, but for us to go out and continue his mission. And see here, Peter's making it clear that the message and the story is all about Jesus. That that's the real story of the Christian faith. It's a message of a relationship with someone, the person of Jesus Christ. And you may have heard this before, but the question is, do you truly believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? Have you received God's life for you as a gift of grace, not because of anything you do or will do, but only because of the love and grace of Jesus Christ for you. I wonder if you really know that and believe that today. And I think that it's interesting because we need to understand how much the grace of God means to you and to me. How much we need to truly just sit in the grace of God and know that I am a sinner in need of Jesus Christ and that relationship with him. And that without that relationship, I would be lost. And that there is nothing here that is fake or untrue. This truly is the truth of this world. That Jesus is the Savior of the world. The one who has come to seek and save the lost. The one who has restored our relationship with God. The one who has paid the price that you and I deserve on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins. So that we could also share in his resurrection and know that we have eternal life for him. And with him. See, this is what happens when a person does something extraordinary and another person receives an extraordinary gift. When it happens, you can't help but think about that person who did that for you. You can't help but sit here today and give thanks to Jesus for what he has done for you. You can't stop thinking of the person who made it possible for you to have your future secure, to know that your sins are forgiven. You can't help but stop thinking about that person that gave everything up for you. And you can't help but thank the one who changed everything for you. See, at the cross, Jesus changed everything for us. And see, that's the point of Jesus. His gift of life and salvation really changes everything for you and for me and for everyone. And yesterday, as I was driving away from the service for David Duffner, I noticed a sign at Southwest Church, and it said this, Make Jesus famous. And it hit me that that is our job. Our job is to make Jesus famous. Let's make Jesus go viral, right? I mean, there's all this other stuff that is out there, but let's make Jesus go viral. I mean, let's sacrifice everything that we have to make Jesus famous. Amen. 
That's what our job is. That's what our role is. Because of everything he has done for us, our job is to make him famous. And so I want us to be challenged in this and for us to say, let's do everything we can to make Jesus famous. Because after all, that's exactly what Peter is trying to do by his words today. He continues by saying this, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this for all, uh, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter is describing a very good plan outlined in the book that is called the Bible. He is saying that for every life struggling in the darkness, for every person wrestling with confusion, for a lack of clarity, the Apostle Peter is letting everyone know that the place you can go is the trustworthy word of God that leads us to a guide for our life. That it is God's light in our darkness of this world. And the person that it points to is only one person. And that is Jesus Christ. And so today, as we gather here in God's house, gathered around his word, today, let's make Jesus famous. Not just among us, but among everyone in this world. It is in Jesus' name and to his glory we pray. Amen. After that message today, we come together knowing that, that we don't always live the life that God calls us to live, that we don't live a perfect life, that all of us, as we have told, we were born sinful, conceived sinful, and live sinful lives because we just don't follow God's plan perfectly. And that's why God sent Jesus into this world. He sent Jesus into this world so that you and I could have a relationship reestablished with the Father, one that was broken and separated. That Jesus came and, and paid the price on the